Jess, and we're now going to read the Bible together from Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. So if you have one of the black church Bibles, uh, it's on page 1020, just in the bottom left corner. So Mark chapter 10, from verse 17. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Hello, hello. Am I on? No. Let's try tighten that up. How about that? Is that on? Can you hear me? All right. I am going to ditch that and try that. Ah, much better. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for reading, Jess. Uh, That was beautifully read. Hey, everyone. uh, My name is Jasper. I've really enjoyed this series, uh, Meet Jesus. Hasn't it been great uh, just getting to uh, meet Jesus in his word uh, and come face to face with Jesus? Our topic today is Want Answers, uh, Meet Jesus. I wonder what type of answers are you uh, looking for? I imagine there's probably as many questions about Jesus and Christianity as there are people in this room. Uh, You might question the reliability of the Bible uh, or the the scientific credibility of 
God's existence. Uh, you might want answers about God's judgment, uh, hell, heaven. These are all great questions. Uh, and if the Bible is true, it will hold up to scrutiny. As a Matt's, we love everyone to ask their questions. Uh, we believe there's good answers to be found for all of them. Uh, but I think there's one burning question uh, that everyone in the room uh, has asked or is asking. I think it's one that our culture is asking, particularly at the moment. And that question is, who am I? Let me read you a quote, uh, which I think sums up the kind of answers we're looking for at the moment. Uh, the quote says, The more I hold myself close uh, and fully embrace who I am, the more I thrive. I think uh, that sentiment, doesn't that just capture our culture at the moment? Uh, embracing my true self uh, and being as uh, most possibly genuine and authentic as I can be, uh, if that's what leads to thriving, uh, well, the question is, who am I? Who am I? What is my identity? What makes me who I am? Is it my uh, sexuality, my uh, gender, my political allegiances, my work, my leisure, my family, my competency, my personality? Who am I? Uh, we're so hungry for answers to this question uh, as a culture that we've decided to uh, dismantle the notion of gender. Probably the most fundamental identity marker most people would have agreed on for millennia. Uh, we've collectively dispensed with that as a culture to ask the question, who am I? I point this out uh, not to confront transgender ideology, though I think that's a conversation worth having, uh, but instead uh, to show the thirst within all of us to really and truly know ourselves. And I don't think it's just young people uh, out on a journey of discovery either. Uh, we all take those... Who, put your hand up if you've taken a, a Myers-Briggs or another personality test like that. Yeah, that, I'd say that's like 90% of us, right? Uh, that's, that, we want to know who we are, what really uh, makes us... Uh, we find our identity in our work, our abilities. As we get older, perhaps we get stuck in our ways a little bit uh, because we identify so closely with our beliefs and our lifestyle. Who am I? Does Jesus have answers uh, for our identity questions? Uh, what I want us to see this morning as we meet Jesus in Mark's Gospel uh, is that one of the most compelling things, I think, about meeting Jesus is that as you meet him, he already knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so as you read Jesus, he, he just jumps off the page uh, because he knows who you are in a fundamental way. Uh, so we're going to meet a man with a question. He wants answers. Uh, we're going to see how Jesus exposes the question behind his question. Uh, we're going to see what it means for Jesus to know our hearts fully. A good question with a strange answer. The question behind the question and what it means to be fully known. Uh, why don't I pray for us as we begin? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to listen to your Son, Jesus,
as we meet him in your word this morning. Amen. All right, well, come with me to Mark 10, 17. It'd be great to have that passage open in front of you. Uh, And verse 17, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Man, what a cracking question that is. That, That is such a good question to ask Jesus. It's like, hey, Jesus, I've noticed that Everyone in my life, everyone I love, including me, uh, is going to die. You're a good teacher. What can I do about that? What can I do to inherit eternal life? I wonder how would you respond if you were Jesus? Jesus said to the man, trust in me and you will have eternal life. Be my follower and I will bless you with eternal life. That's not uh, what Jesus says. Look at verse 18 there. Uh, Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. What? That does not answer that question, right? Uh, Instead of telling me how I can get eternal life, uh, which is what I asked, uh, you're asking me what it means to be good. Uh, Jesus, he seems to focus on the good teacher part of the question. Uh, Why not the eternal life part? Uh, Well, There's a question behind the question. Something underneath those words. It's a heart issue uh, that needs to be uncovered. Uh, So what is the question behind the question? Well, I think there are some questions we ask in our lives which are just uh, loaded with meaning beyond the words themselves. Has anyone ever asked someone on a date before? I'm assuming most of you have done that. You ask the most innocent question, uh, you approach them and ask uh, questions with very innocent, normal words, but there's lots of meaning underneath, right? So uh, you might come up to someone, you might say, hey, how are you going? Could we step outside for a sec? Is that all right? What are you up to this Friday night? Uh, Very innocent words, but uh, lots of meaning. Or uh, maybe you've got a call from a strange number before. Uh, They've said to you, hello. I'm from Optus. I know you've been experiencing some trouble with your internet recently. Can I help you? Uh, Well, first of all, I'm not with Optus. Um, (laughs) Second, how do you know that? And uh, you start to think, uh, maybe this is a scam. Uh, Sometimes, though the words seem innocent, there is an assumption or a deeper question underneath. See, Jesus knows the heart beneath the man's question. Uh, Look there again at verse 22. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, We're going to think together about what's underneath that question. Uh, I thought we could do a bit of work together, so uh, why don't you chat with the people around you, the people beside you. Uh, No bad ideas here, just 
try and think about it together. Uh, what is underneath this question? What are the beliefs that might be underneath this question? I'll give you a minute, just chat with the people around you and then we'll, we'll bring it back. Test, 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 testing, oh. Okay, oh yes, how good is it when technology magically works, that's awesome. All right, I'm keen to hear uh, from you guys, so uh, just hands up, did anyone have an idea what might be behind uh, the question there, uh, any ideas? Oh, Nicola, up the back. I'll come to you, Anna. Yep. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, so eternal life is real. Yeah, that's definitely under the question. Yeah, 100%. Peggy. A bit of guilt. Why do you say that? He wouldn't be asking, right? He wouldn't be asking the question if he was totally confident. Yeah. Yeah, I th well, I think you're both right. I think there's a bit of both there. There's a kind of uh, cockiness, uh, but then there's also a insecurity, I think. Um, there, any other ideas? Maybe one more. Oh, Anna, yeah, I did promise to come back to you. Yep. Yeah. That's lovely, Anna. Yeah, that's really lovely because Jesus invites us all into God's family, doesn't he? Um, so it's so nice of you to invite us over. Yep. Why don't we talk about it later, Anna? I think that's a good idea, though. Um. I think uh, we've kind of nailed it. I, I think there's two key beliefs uh, under the question, two key beliefs that I want to point out. Uh, one is, good teacher implies that in the man's eyes, uh, Jesus is good enough to have the answers relating to eternal life. Uh, that is, Jesus is qualified to be 
an eternal life expert uh, because of his goodness, not his godness. The implications of that are profound. Goodness, being good, is what qualifies you for eternal life. So uh, this good teacher will teach me how to be good enough for eternal life. Second, I think, uh, what must I do? What must I do? Uh, shows us that this man assumes that doing things is what leads to eternal life. The basis of my claim to eternal life is the things that I do. I work, I do good things, I earn eternal life. You see what the real question this man is asking? I think the real question is, am I good enough? Am I good enough for God to accept me? I think you're right, Peggy. If he was uh, confident about that, he wouldn't be asking Jesus. Am I good enough? Perhaps this is what's at the heart of our culture's search for identity and our own strivings to know who we are. Deep down, uh, isn't there an insecurity in all of us that maybe when you strip away all the other layers, uh, we aren't good enough for God? Well, let's see how Jesus uh, answers the man uh, to lovingly show him the truth about himself and his question. Uh, verse 21, Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Uh, go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Some problems are so deep-rooted, uh, they need to be shown to you, not just told to you. Uh, maybe someone can tell you you've got a cockroach problem, but if they show you the, the festy cockroaches, right, uh, then you really understand that you've got a cockroach problem. Uh, Jesus challenges the man to sell all his possessions and give them to the poor. I want you to think about that for a moment. Uh, it's not just the house, the car, everything. All of it, all the super, all the investments, all the hard-earned wages. Uh, he's a rich man, right? Uh, the things he values most. Uh, what Jesus is lovingly doing here is showing the man uh, the limit to his goodness. 2009, uh, there was a British couple, might have heard of them, uh, Paul and Rachel, I like to picture Paul and Jess. I don't know why. Just British couple, Paul. Um, they were sailing on their yacht from the Seychelles to Tanzania off the coast of Africa. Uh, they were seized by Somali pirates. Uh, a month later, there was a hostage video released, and uh, Rachel is pleading in the video, uh, please do whatever you can to negotiate uh, with these people to buy back our lives. Uh, the pirates were demanding a $7 million ransom. And uh, the tricky thing about being British, sorry guys, uh, is the British government doesn't negotiate uh, with uh, hostages, for hostages on principle. 
Uh, so it was completely up to the family to try and buy back their loved ones. Extreme example. But imagine you were the family. What wouldn't you give to buy them back? What would your limit be? Seven million? Ten million? I, I hope that it doesn't really matter, right? Uh, whatever the amount, you'd do whatever you could for your family. Uh, you see, money hasn't changed. Uh, it represents what we value today, uh, as much as it did in the time of Jesus. Money hasn't changed, and neither have people's hearts. When it comes down to it, when the rubber hits the road, uh, what we're willing to pay, our limit, tells us how far we would go to get something. Jesus loves this man enough to show him the true cost of eternal life by showing him his limit. You want to earn eternal life? You think you're good enough? This is what it's going to cost. It's not just keeping the rules. It's everything. Your whole life. All your possessions. The problem uh, the man has is that he thinks he can earn eternal life by being good. Uh, And that's a real problem. Because he isn't as good as he thinks he is. Uh, There's a limit to his goodness. Look there at verse 22. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, despite this man's claims to be good, he cannot bring himself to give up all his possessions to follow Jesus. Jesus has shown the man his limit. Does that seem like a bit of a high bar for goodness to you? I mean, imagine someone uh, you consider to be morally good. Think about them for a second. Have they sold everything and given it to the poor? Well, they've got a limit. They're not good enough uh, to meet God's standards for eternal life. So who is? Uh, Verse 26, And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? The answer, of course, is no one. No one is good enough to earn eternal life. No one perfectly keeps God's laws all the time. Everyone has a limit. What's your limit? A good question Uh, A good way maybe to understand this is uh, to put yourself in the uh, rich man's shoes. Ask yourself, what would Jesus have asked me to give up if I was this man? You lack one thing. Give up your status among family and friends. You lack one thing. Give up your comfort in the things of this world. You lack one thing. Give up your financial security. You lack one thing, your desire to feel competent enough. Give it up. What would he ask you to give up? See, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We cannot earn eternal life. 
Uh, but the ridiculously good news that Jesus offers is that eternal life is not earned, but it's received. Uh, remember the man's question? He said, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He, he didn't have it all wrong, you know. Uh, you can't earn your inheritance. It's given to you. Uh, and Jesus says in verse 27, with man it is impossible but not with God, for all things are possible with God. See, friends, there is a great cost to eternal life. It costs absolute perfection. But Jesus lived a perfect life perfectly. He did always keep God's commandments. There's nothing he didn't give up for God. He even gave up his own life. Impossible with us possible with God. Great news is that instead of earning eternal life, working and slaving and laboring to earn eternal life, we receive it from Jesus who paid for it in our place. So what does this mean for us when we meet Jesus? Well, when we meet Jesus, like the man in the story, He already knows the deep corners of our hearts. The things we're clinging on to for salvation. Are you depending on your good works for salvation? Jesus knows. Are you depending on status for salvation? Jesus knows. Are you depending on church attendance for salvation? Jesus knows. This is where Jesus offers answers our culture can't possibly give us. See, our culture says, you are good enough. Deep down, you're pretty good. Jesus and Jesus alone can tell us the depths of our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, But Jesus doesn't just know us. Uh, You see, he loves us. Jesus didn't expose the man to make him look silly. Uh, Verse 21, he loved him. When we meet Jesus, he loves us too much to leave us as we are, self-reliant, proud. He shows us our deep need for him. If you're here today uh, and you already know Jesus, you've put your trust There's a continual need uh, for us to bring our hearts before Jesus and be known and loved by him. Uh, This week, the start of this week, I was praying about the year ahead. Uh, I was just bringing my requests to God. Uh, God, please uh, help us as we get ready for a second child this year. Please help me as I take on more responsibility at work. Please help me to be a loving leader in our family. And I realized uh, that as I was praying, I was actually feeling really anxious about the year ahead. See, Jesus says, do not be anxious about tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient uh, for the day is its own trouble. I was anxious about tomorrow because I wasn't trusting that God loved me and he knew what my needs were. 
uh, deep down, sort of fathoms underneath my prayer was a lack of trust in God's, prayer, in God's care and provision. Uh, this is the beautiful thing about knowing Jesus. He already knows. And that's what struck me as I was praying. Uh, as I realized how anxious I was, uh, Jesus already knows. And you can be uh, vulnerable and open with him because he loves you. He knows your heart, and he wants you to be real with him. Uh, we never got deeper into fellowship with Jesus by sugarcoating it, right? And as we search for our identity in the world, uh, we could look to what the world would tell us that inside uh, we are beautiful and perfect and the way we are, that deep down we are good enough. Or we could come again to the foot of the cross to hear our Saviour show us that he knows us, that we need him, and he loves us. If you need evidence for your deep need for Jesus, look to the cross. Uh, If you're here this morning and you're still asking the big questions, uh, it's so good that you're here. We love having seekers join us at some mats. Uh, If you're not convinced that Jesus has the answers, here's my challenge to you this morning. Who is best positioned uh, to answer the biggest questions in your life? Is it the one who made you and knows you? Uh, Or the world who in its self-denial holds its maker in derision? Now you might say, well, I don't know uh, whether Jesus made me and knows me. You're claiming that, but I I don't know. How can I be sure? Well, I think you can stack up your big questions in life. And the challenge to you is to ask them. Be like the man. Come up, ask Jesus and see what he has to say. See how he knows you. And loves you. The answers Jesus has to offer come from someone who knows and loves you. They are not like the world's answers, fleeting, hollow, and unsure. Uh, You could come to the life course. Uh, That's a great place to keep meeting Jesus in his words, to ask all the questions you've got, and to find in him the most compelling man who's ever lived, the one who knows you better than you know yourself. Well, we're going to uh, take up Jasper's invitation to come before God Uh, with those requests right now. Uh, So I'm going to lead us in prayer. As we pray together, we're going to be praying uh, out of the passage, out of the things that Jasper's just been uh, talking to us about from Mark 10. Uh, We're going to be praying for us as a family uh, and 